This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Renee Michelle that will teach us the lessons that she's learned as a survivor. Her book, Battle Scars Are Beautiful, provide a pathway to inspire your journey and begin healing in your own life. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Renee Michelle from Down Under in Queensland, Australia. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, mate. I love that you're here. I love Australians. My cousin is married to an Aussie, so you're kind of part of my family. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome, right? We all say awesome in America, but... uh, it really rings true with the things that you stand for in your own right. Uh, and I love this program because it's talking about bringing people into leadership and things that they're doing in their own life to inspire themselves, to be leaders of themselves. And you are really raising your level of leadership as you have been a transformational coach for child abuse and recovery And you've got a book that's coming out. And by the time this is being um, broadcast, you're going to be an author for a book called Battle Scars Are Beautiful. And so uh, I'm so excited for you to talk to my guest about this. I think you can help a lot of people that are listening to this program. So tell us a little bit, Michelle uh, Renee. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I always do that with your name. Um, But tell us a little bit um, about you, your history, and how this has really started to transform your life by writing this book. Yeah, sure. Wow. A little bit about me. So I grew up in country towns all the way through New South Wales here in Australia, very small country towns of like 200 people where everybody knew everybody's business. And I was born in 1975. So by the time I was 10 years old, Melanie, our family went through quite a significant trauma. 
And that put a lot of pressure on my family and my father was no longer living at home and my mum was left to raise five girls. I am the youngest of five girls. <laughs> so you can imagine what that would have been like in the mornings with one bathroom, can't you? So, you know, you had your normal, you know, sibling rivalry. And then when this event occurred, it really did split my family in half. My sisters are my half-sisters, so they were born to my mother's first husband and then my mum and him separated and she was remarried to my father. So they were my half-sisters. And when my father left the home, um, my mum didn't really cope with that. She developed a drinking problem which went on for many years and that actually meant that she entered into quite destructive uh, relationships with men. Those men began to then physically abuse me and as my sisters started leaving the home and there was just my mum and I at home now, that actually extended into sexual abuse. Now, that that abuse went on right through my teenage years until I left the home. And unfortunately, Mel, what that did to me, and, and as we know with, with child abuse uh, victims, is it really does impair your functioning, the way that your brain works, the way that you start making decisions, and most importantly, the way you see yourself. Mm-hmm. So my identity was just severely under attack, very distorted, very negative. The self-image that I had, you know, were things like the internal dialogue that I had was you're a bad girl, you're naughty, you're stupid, you're unlovable, all very negative words. Mm -hmm. And that's how I lived my life from that perspective. So... As we know, when you don't have a good sense of self, no confidence, no self-esteem, all of your decisions, your relationships, the choices you make are not always very constructive. And that led me down a road of many addictions, many violent relationships and two suicide attempts. So my, my, my life just spiralled, mm-hmm. totally spiralled out of control. And, and you think, you know, growing up, and I don't have this experience So learning from you, people that you can help, people that have struggled with this, there are so many things that we go through in life that we say up until this point, right? I believe this up until this point and and you changed and you went through this transformation to say, I don't have to believe this anymore. Correct, correct. And my my moment, my, my real turning point um, came when I gave birth to my first child. Now, before her, I was 26 years old when I had my, my daughter Cassidy. Before that time, I had tried to get back on my feet or tried to exit a relationship or try to get new friends or try to move locations geographically. But because I'd never dealt with the foundational issue of how mm-hmm. I saw myself, mm-hmm. these issues were just waiting there for me and I, I perpetuated that cycle. Now, when I had my daughter at 26, I looked down at her and I was like, that's it, Renee. You have got to get yourself together. Again, I was in a very destructive relationship. Her father was a narcissist and that turned into a 15-year emotionally abusive marriage but I looked down at her and I thought right what can I do and strangely enough and I know that this will sort of this has been quite a curious moment for some people that have heard my story I opened the phone book Melanie and I found a local church that was just around the corner and I was like right I tried everything else 
And I had been to church very sporadically across my life and it was always a safe environment for me. So I thought, right, you need to get yourself back in church. I was just so desperate. I was willing to do anything. And I walked into a church that morning with my beautiful, gorgeous girl. And that was the day that there were survivors speaking on the platform, child abuse survivors, speaking from a place of empowerment, from health and overcoming. They were embracing their story. And I thought, hang on, what's going on? This is this is shameful stuff. We don't talk about this stuff. What are you doing? And the more I listened and the more I looked at the people around me who were embracing them and applauding them and crying, I thought, whoa, maybe what I have been thinking all this time is actually not right. And that was the day that I started thinking, hang on, maybe things can change. Maybe everything I've thought was wrong. And I spoke to a pastor and that was it. That was the that was the day that everything changed for me. Wow. And you think if you had not have taken that action, that one action step, opened that book, noticed that there was some help around you, right? Just right around the mm. corner, that you, maybe your life would still be the same. And maybe mm. that would not have inspired you to think that there was a way that there were possibilities beyond what you were in your current situation. And I always love to kind of think into this with guests because that's a really scary place. You know, when you're on the other side of that, what that feels like to find some sense of purpose or some direction or some fork in the road to think, I can try this. I can step into this. I can experience this and maybe it will change. Yeah, it, for me, it was a light in the darkness. I had just felt so empty and so exhausted trying to do everything in my own strength on my own because because of the way that I saw myself, all of the people that I had around me were very dis functional people. Mm -hmm. They weren't friends, inverted commas. They were people that were around me um, and in my life because of what they could take from me. Mm -hmm. So I'd never actually had a healthy support network and I'd still have not spoken about my abuse to anybody yet because I grew up in an environment that was dysfunctional, where there was alcoholics, where there was parties, where there were adults that continued to abuse me. I sort of went through my life being invisible So I didn't see myself worthy of anything good. And then, of course, when I had my daughter, it was like this this fire burned within me where I was just so desperate to give her the life that I had never experienced. It was like I refuse Mm -hmm. to allow you to go through what I went through. What can I do about this? Mm -hmm. It's that protection right? As a parent, you immediately want to protect and guard and have them not experience the things that you did in that certain way because you've learned. And and unfortunately, it took you to that point to realize how valuable mentors are in our life. You know, mm. how you would have at some point, maybe somebody who had reached out Uh, when you were young, when you were a teenager, to give you some options, to give you some opportunities, to give you some knowledge, 
about, you know, this isn't really supposed to be the way that it is or give you an avenue um, to talk about those things. And it's so important that you're doing this, that you're now helping other people through your book, through your messaging, through social media, which I think is just amazing that we can connect in a way like this in our society, that it can be two o'clock in the morning, but your message all the way, you know, across the world, it says, I care about you. I understand. I, you can be at peace because there is someone else that has experienced this and you can message me. You can reach out to me. I can help, you know, with that, that really hurt soul. Um, because many times that's what people need is just that acknowledgement first, right? Oh my gosh, yes, just that non-judgmental listening ear. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of um, people that come up to me after a speaking event and often it's men that approach me afterwards and say, Renee, wow, um, the statistics that you mentioned there, mm -hmm. the, the experience that you went through where nobody ever approached you or extended a, mm -hmm. a, an arm or, or a word of, of, hey, are you okay? What can I do to help you? I'm concerned that maybe there's people in my life that, you know, that may do that with, with me and I want to be a safe space for them. What, what can I do mm -hmm. if I'm ever approached by a family member or a friend that tells me that they've been through something, you know, can you, can you give me some advice about how to just give them the support that, I, that they need? Mm -hmm. And I said to them, and I always say, first and foremost, just listen because Often with men, and this is what I love about our men, they're fixers. <laughs> they want to fix us. They want to run to the rescue and go, oh, my gosh, yes, this is, I have this great idea about how to help you. And, and there's a place for that, absolutely. But with victims of, of, you know, adversity, abuse and trauma, usually we've never had anyone just to listen. So I always say just listen to them and then when they're finished, ask them, is there something that I can do for you? What do you need from me? And don't ever feel as though you're out of your depth because if they tell you something and you think, oh, I don't know how to do that, say to them, you know what, I would really love to help you. I'm not quite sure how to do that, but I'm going to find out. Mm -hmm. And just navigate that road together because I guarantee you the fact that you've listened to them is probably more than they've ever had in their life anyway mm -hmm. so don't ever be afraid just to lend a listening ear well you know when you said that I think about the people that if someone hasn't had anybody in their life that has experienced something like this right they haven't had uh, sexual abuse or or verbal abuse or mental abuse emotional abuse but they've lost someone in their life this is the same behaviors that you go through in your mind it's a loss of feeling like you have power to make decisions, to, to connect to society. And so many of us are going through these phases where because of the way that our culture is evolving, we're very isolated. You know, we're very private. We're very isolated, except for when it comes to social media. Everybody gets on mm. social media and connects. But then you have this private experience in your life, and it's kind of you're walking through it almost watching everybody else, right? <laughs> and yeah. I, I talked to this to so many people. But when you're healing, when you're going through something as traumatic as you've gone through, 
this sense of isolation, I want you to just kind of speak into this. Is it a good mm-hmm. space to be isolated or is it something that you need? I mean, probably everybody's different, but for you, what, mm. what did that feel like? Mm. Isolation was uh, life-threatening for me because what it did, it really compounded my thought process of you are alone. No one cares about you. No one loves you. No one wants you. No one even sees you. Mm-hmm. So my isolation really just cemented and continuously reminded myself this is it for you. This is never going to get better because it's almost like I watched the world carry on around me and I was not a part of it because I felt um, disconnected. Nobody ever checked in with me Um, very much here in Australia growing up in the 70s and early 80s. It was children were to be seen and not heard. We were, if, if you had a family gathering or an event, a barbecue, children were out the backyard. You were not allowed to play or integrate with the adults while they were talking with the other adults. So you were constantly segregated. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, once this abuse sort of started happening, um, my mum was very unemotionally, emotionally unavailable for me because she developed that drinking problem. So I became the adult in that relationship. I would put her into bed. I would clean up after her. Um, And she was none the wiser. So it was just this constant, you have no one, you have no one. Now, isolation, when I started going through my healing, Mm -hmm. that was a different type of isolation because what I realized, and I've just spoken about this recently on social media, was I went through a period of what I called clearing the decks. Now, once I realized that the people I had surrounded myself with were dysfunctional and were making me feel less than worthy, were actually taking things from me, Mm -hmm. I cut them all off. I distanced myself and I went through a period of isolation and loneliness because I was no longer surrounded by anybody and because I had just started attending that church, I wanted to wait until I could have people around me that were healthy, Mm -hmm. that were functional, that I knew were going to be, like you said, good mentors, good leaders that I could watch and glean from. So until I had people in my world like that and I had to start slow because I had very huge trust issues, Mm -hmm. I was on my own. But that was a good thing. That was a good isolation because I was no longer surrounded by dysfunctional toxic people so there's a difference there there was the the very negative isolation but then there was the the necessary isolation well and that's why I love that you spoke into that because so many people feel if they are isolated you know is this by choice or is this by chance (laughs) and so it's one of those things that people really need to pay attention to because if it's by chance you know or by choice they can step and change that versed on what they're going through. And so something like this, right? If you uh, think about the things that influence your behavior and so your story is different than your next door neighbors, maybe they went through the same type of thing, but your story is still yours. You still own that story. You still have that pain. And so it's a process of being able to know when to reach out to someone else that may have spoken to you, spoken into this to say, I can help and and I want you to get better faster, right? Because we all have to heal differently. 
precisely our we can we we've all been through things in our lives we all go through challenge and adversity and pain grief and and trauma and and different types of you know abuse it doesn't have to be severe but we all go through things that that hurt us mm-hmm. but all of our journeys are individual and and the amount of people that I speak to the amount of child abuse survivors and and women that I coach and all of our experiences are different in the way that it happened and what our network was like and and how we uh, responded. But the foundational damage is the same, Mm -hmm. how it breaks down your identity, how it changes the way that your brain and your cognitive functions occur, the way that you see the world, the shame that we carry, which is absolutely soul crushing Mm -hmm. those types of things are the same but we can never take away from one another's unique journey and then that also means of course we all have to heal differently as well but as humans of course we all need those same you know um general connections with the outside world and and feelings of you know acceptance and, and and love and and you know those basic concepts are the same. They're unilateral. We all need those things, but we always have to acknowledge that each individual path to healing is very very different. It's very different. And when you get into you know when you might coach somebody or you might talk to somebody or you yourself might say, okay, you use very strong language on some of your social media platforms about smashing limiting beliefs, right? That is a key word, smashing. It's not like I'm losing them, I'm going to change them. I'm smashing them because you are very intent that you're going to change the way you feel about yourself, which is going to change the way you see others and how you can help others. And and so I want you to talk about the people that you coach, the strategies that you can help them, maybe three or four things that if someone hasn't recognized, if they're going through this pain and they need to step into reaching out, it's difficult because they do feel isolated. But what would you suggest to them to start the journey in smashing those limiting beliefs? First and foremost, you have to choose. You have to decide that you are worth it. And this is the the number one starting point that... A lot of the women that come to me, I I will always say to them, why now and why me? Mm-hmm. Because you need to know that it's the right connection, that it that it's the right pairing up, okay, the right relationship. Um, because you know, let's be honest, a lot of us, I know from my my own personal story, is I went through count years of counselling and psychotherapy throughout my entire adolescence, and then as an adult, and then. Because I attempted to take my own life, that's that's forced upon you by the by the health system. So there was multiple times I had to engage with mainstream um, counsellors and, and therapeutic support. And yet, by the time I reached um, adulthood, I was a parent and I was married. There were still barriers that I had not yet overcome. So when I come to to meet a woman or she contacts me and I ask her those questions, it's usually because they've gone down all those normal avenues, but they've still noticed there's areas in their life that they're stuck. So I say, why now? And it's the same answer every time. And it goes something like, because I'm sick and tired of going around this same old mountain. I'm, I've had enough. I've done it for long enough. And 
by everything that you say, Renee, you just get straight in there and you just rip it to shreds and you just won't tolerate anything less than a full thriving life. And that's what I want because uh, I'm very intentional about my language in that regard. And I go, great. And so they've made the choice first and foremost that they are worth it and that from now on they're going to do whatever it takes mm -hmm. to, to take care of business. And then we talk about three key areas, and this is the foundational three key areas that I take all of my women through, and it's identity, your mindset, so how you think about the, the past and, and what's happened to you, and then we talk about self-love or self-compassion. Those three elements are absolutely crucial in helping any trauma victim overcome their past and leave it there. No longer have that as something that detracts from their life. Because like I said, until you see yourself the true way that God created you, which is a, a valuable, healthy, um, worthy, significant individual, you will always find a way to blame or think less of yourself than what you are. Now, with our mindset, until we see that what happened to us was not our fault, that we did not invite the abuse that, that happened to us and that the words that we've been speaking over our lives, like unworthy, unlovable, insignificant, where did those words come from? Mm -hmm. Where did you first hear it? And usually it's words somebody else has spoken over us. So I take them back to the origin of those beliefs because for abuse victims, when you're hurt and abused, it's the belief that we create about that incident that becomes our truth. So for me, when I was abused, my belief was it's because you're disgusting or it's because you're a bad girl. So it wasn't the, hey, I, I've been molested or, or I've been raped. It was because you're bad. Mm -hmm. That is how, that's the point I lived my life from. So I take these ladies back to that origin of belief. Mm -hmm. What belief have you created around that event? And that, that one thing alone, Melanie, you just see um, years of turmoil and years of confusion just come to the surface and they're like, oh, my gosh. So belief is a really huge thing. And then I have to take them through self-compassion because then you need to start letting go and realise you did the best you could in that point of time. You survived. You got through it best you know how. Now let's start actually acknowledging and thanking your body and your mind for getting you through it any way you could to be here today seeking help and taking control. So it's definitely a process. Definitely a process. And I tell you, there are many people that are going to connect to you because you have such a compassion. You have such a, an authentic message of, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to suffer is really how I feel connected to you is people that are uh, just experiencing painful situations. What you're talking about is things that they can, they can put into their lives as strategies for many, many obstacles. And so understanding your mindset, when you develop that mindset, 
That is so key. When you said that, I sat here and closed my eyes and thought, you know, good memories and bad memories. How did you believe at that certain point? What was your capacity to understand the situation at that point in your life? Right. And, and so that carries with you. Uh, and so you should grow and learn and develop. But when you have that belief at that point, it's really hard to really encompass anything new or any other perspectives. And, and that's where we get stuck, right? <laughs> that's where it sticks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And as children, I mean, come on, children. Mm-hmm. I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and I had held that against myself my whole life. It's, it's you, because you're so desperately trying to make sense of it. And, and in a child mind, it, it, you're not going to make the correct sense of it and you place the blame on yourself mm-hmm. because, again, when you're not exposed to we, we didn't have the campaigns back then that we ne- have now. We don't have people with a voice in the media saying, hey, this isn't right. We didn't have people coming into our schools teaching us about body safety or child protection. That, those types of words and phrases were, were – they didn't exist mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. It's not like it is now. So – you're very much left to your own devices to make sense of something that you should never have to make sense of. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so grateful that we've come so far from those days. We've come so far. Man, I love your message. I just can't thank you enough for coming on and um, and, and just talking about your position on this. Your experience is going to be able to connect to so many people, Michelle. Renee, I'm so sorry. Here I keep saying that. It's because the first time I saw your name, I was like, oh, that's Michelle. Oh, no, it's Renee Michelle. <laughs> so Renee, Renee, Renee. No, but, um, you know, the battle scars are beautiful. And understanding it's from the victim's voice to victory. This transformation, this walk through your life um, to be able to speak into other people and be this coach, be this survivor that can stand with them through all of this to find their life again and to, to really heal through it. So you have just an amazing spirit, and I, I am so proud of you for walking through this, for writing this book. I know this wasn't easy because uh, people have not experienced book writing before. You know, it takes you to a totally different level. You've got to really step into thinking, what was it like then? And so it took you back to those times that you had those beliefs. It did, it did. And and I um, I filmed an author interview this week um, from my publishing company. And one of the things they asked me um, again was, you know, Renee, was what sort of process was this like for you? Did this was this part of your healing journey? And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I, I healed from my from my trauma many, many years ago and I, I really dug deep and went through years and years uh, of um, support work to get to where I am today. However, what this book did for me when exactly like you said, Melanie, having to relive what was that like for me, what, mm-hmm. what thoughts did I have, how did my body feel at those times, what it very much did for me when I say it was cathartic, which it definitely was, but it was cathartic in the way that it was another layer of healing, another layer of personal development. 
it was like this beautiful, warm blanket that I got to wrap around my entire experience and just say, wow, Mm -hmm. I actually have been able to do that and I just know that I can help other people do the same thing very practically, very sensibly in their own life. So, yes, it was another, another layer of thank God that I got through this, thank God that I found the keys and the way out to not just survive but thrive. Not survive, just thrive. I'm telling you, you're amazing, lady. Uh, I cannot wait for people to connect to you. Seriously, you just, you have this power. And and so why I ask you that is, you know, for people that just sit down and journal, um, it's much more than that. When you're writing so cathartically and closing your eyes about the pain that you experienced, uh, I, I think that right there, uh, now as you speak about it, you know, you've relived it two, three, four times, and having other people connect to that process and say, you know, you have so much power. Every time you speak into it, you've got that power of saying, I've given myself permission to take back my life. I've given myself permission to help others. I've given myself permission to overcome all of this. And so that's what I'm I'm really so proud of you for doing and knowing that it's scary. The journey includes many other people that can support you, that can continue to help you through your life because it's not, you know, it's not final. Uh, There are things that you will look at uh, in different ways because of this experience. And so I'm sure your daughter, so fortunate to have you as her mom, to be able to teach her and mentor her and help her make those great decisions in life. And, and Melanie, I think that's the most exciting thing about this, and this is what I say to all the ladies that contact me and I, I try to convey through anything that I do in social media is that, and that, that's the whole purpose I've called my book, Battle Scars Are Beautiful, because you can absolutely reach a place where you embrace your past as the very reason to become exceedingly amazing in everything you do because it gives you a perspective and awareness and an insight not only into yourself because, whoa, what a, what a development journey it is to see that you can overcome these things, but it gives you a perspective on the world that is just so unique and it has made me an amazing parent. It has made me a fantastic partner, a brilliant daughter it really has made me stronger in every area of my life because I am abundantly grateful for the smallest things to, from the air in my lungs to the fact that the sun is shining. It does enable you to look around you and really embrace and enjoy life so much deeper and more so when you have gone from a place of feeling worthy of nothing, feeling as though you're not even entitled to live. So I've really learned how to use my, you know, the mess to become my message and enable it to become my um, internal fuel that has now propelled me so far beyond the trauma and abuse to now, like I said, thrive in every area of life. So I now embrace my past. I've learned to get to a point where I acknowledge and thank it for making me a better person than I ever could have without it. Amen. Amen. Oh, (laughs) 
Renee, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and sharing your story and what power. You know, when I think transformational coach, I would highly recommend you to anyone that is experiencing any type of pain because I know that you are the person that can really sit down, hold their hand, and make a change happen in their life. So from my heart to yours, I really appreciate you being a guest and stepping up and being an everyday leader. Thank you so much, Melanie, and thank you to all your listeners. And and I feel very privileged and honoured to be speaking to you. I absolutely love what you're doing in this space. And, you know, I've been, you and I have been contacting each other online for quite some time. (laughs) So I just feel very, very um, honoured that we finally got to this point. So thank you. Thank you so much. Me too. I can't wait to meet you in person. And remember, battle scars are beautiful from, from victim to victory. You can experience it too with Renee Michelle. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.